Hey, this is Matthew's Table podcast channel. We wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and reminds you of who you are, but more importantly, whose you are. Hey, man, God is so good, right? Yeah, it's just, yeah, God is good. So weak. Did y'all grow up in church or what? That was like automatic when I was in church. I mean, I'm still in church, but God is good. And all the time. Man, Matthew's table got, we got pretty good. One more time. God is good. And all the time. Next time you lead it. You did good. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. I thank you for Brandy leading us in worship. Um, I thank you for Tamara um, giving her testimony tonight. I just pray that uh, we stay focused this next 30 minutes, that um, we cut out all distractions, and that we just focus on your love. Um, just so I'm just so thankful the love you pour out on us. It's only by your love and grace we're here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, one, just one short announcement before I start teaching. Um, if you're a smoker, please don't smoke by the front door. Um, I know it's convenient, but for the non-smokers, we don't want to walk through all the smoke. So uh, please, if you're a smoker, don't smoke away from the building. Um, we just want to announce that the next few weeks. Uh, I think especially for kids, they don't want to walk through bubblegum E6 smoke and all that stuff. And, so just take a smoke um, some, like away from the building, please. All right, so um, if you was here last week, um, Roger said we are going to hit on all month, February being the month of love. We're going to hit on the different types of love that we tend to uh, believe. And uh, I, mean, I just think there's all kinds of lies centered around what the world says is love, right? Like, there's just all kinds of lies around love, whether that's, uh, you know, like I remember being 11 and telling my stepdad, man, I love her. And he's like, you don't even clean your room. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 I love her. And there's just all kinds of lies just centered around love and what the world tells us love is. And I think far too often we fall into that trap, right? Like, um, and I think it stems from childhood is, you know, a kid just wants someone to love them. And then we grow that into adulthood, right? We just want someone to love us. We want someone that understands us. So a lot of the times, though, what we do is we put that into the wrong thing. And anything that feels like love, that we, then we run to. Anything that just feels like the real thing, it's, oh, this is good. And that's why you see so many people, like I worked at FOS for five years, and the first girl that gave you the wink, it was, man, God sent me the symbol. I'm like, no, 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 no. That wasn't God. That was not God. And it was like, yeah, Nick, but you didn't see that. I've been praying for that signal, two winks and a call, and she did that. And I've seen a lot of relationships end, too. 
And it was like, yeah, you shouldn't have trusted the wink and the call. <laughs> but, like, anything that is looks even remotely like the real deal, we get in trouble with. And I think it's, like, most, we don't know what real love is, right? Like, my stepdad used to have this famous saying, and I love it now. He was like, how can you love someone else when you don't even love yourself? And he used to beat that in my head like Nick how do you how do you say you love all these people and you love but you don't even love and value yourself and I see what he was talking about today so the lie that we're going to talk about tonight is this concept of uh, brotherly love so some of the lies that I think when we think about brotherly or sisterly love is I'm supposed to keep everything quiet so, if you grew up in the streets, mean streets of Owensboro, not that mean, really. But if you grew up in the streets, you'll hear this code, right? Like the hush-hush code, like the silence code. Like, if you're really my bro, you'll never tell on me. If you're really my friend, you'll never tell on me. So, we grew up with this attitude of that's wrong, like, Accountability is wrong. Um, sharing um, what someone did is wrong. And honestly, like, it took me a lot of years to accept it as right. I'm like, you know, like, because it was so embedded in me that that was wrong, the wrong thing to do. That the slightest bit of accountability I hated, like, you know, and even you'll see it in FOS, like, someone's holding someone accountable, and it's like, yeah, uh, he's sucking up. Like, he's really using that book, ain't he? And it's like, well, couldn't you just come to me first without going to the book? And couldn't you just uh, tell me about it first? And, and it's almost like we, we just run from this accountability and we try to create our own type of love. And my daughter, and I think this is a good illustration, maybe a lot of you haven't seen the movie, um, it's called Encanto. And my daughter's made me watch it a million times in these last two months. And in this movie, they have this character called Bruno. And the whole song goes, we don't talk about Bruno. And I had thought about that for a while. And I think in a lot of our families, we have these things that we don't talk about. Right? Like it's like crazy, don't talk about him. Uh, are these past things that happened in our Childhood, don't talk about that. And we learn to suppress it, right? It's don't talk about it. It's safe here. It's our secret. It's our, it's between you and I. And as long as it's between you and I, then it's good. And it, like even in that movie, it's like, don't talk about Bruno or he's going to come back to haunt us. And I really think that's what happens in a lot of our lives. We really believe that, right? Yeah, that's the movie. If y'all ain't never seen it, it's a good movie. Yeah, well, I know the whole song, so. <laughs> no. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. <laughs> and they're, kind, they're Spanish, so I'm like, what did they do? Like, what did he just say? But, like, really, though, like, the concept of the movie is don't talk about Bruno because Bruno's coming back if you talk about him. And I just thought about that in my lesson tonight. And in my family, like, 
I've even asked my mom, like, things I've heard or things, like, I've heard about our family. Don't talk about that. And it's like, whoa, why not? I just wanted to know. And again, it's that secret, and the enemy would love for it to stay a secret. And I think what we have to realize, what real love is, is real love is accountability, right? Like, if you really love me, you'll hold me to a standard. Like, and even in the church, I think it trickles in like, shh, keep it a secret. Don't tell them about it. They don't need to know the real you. So either we don't talk about it, we ignore it, we let it slide. And we also, we have this false sense of reality, right? Like, you're my bro because you let that slide. Thanks for covering me. Thanks for not telling on me. Thanks for having my back. And you really think that's having your back, but it's not. Like, especially in recovery, if they, if you think that's your bro that lets you go drink on your past and they don't say anything, what they're really telling you is just go kill yourself. And they don't really care about you. But that's the people that we'll tend to gravitate towards, right? Because that's what we're used to. Hey, you kept my secrets safe. You didn't tell on me. And the person that says something, hey, I love you enough to get this into the light, that's the person we end up looking down on. Why, how dare you say something? How dare you confront me? How dare you call me out? Because I know something about you too. So we kind of go then for this tit for tat, right? Like, well, how, who are you to tell me? I know what you did. And we kind of use that as leverage, but the lie is, so the street code, right? They create this lie, right? Never snitch, never tell, never hold, snitches get stitches, all that. I ain't seen nobody with stitches yet. But, like, there's this lie in the streets, right? But, like, you know what I realize? And I'll tell people all the time, look, if you get in my car with anything, I'm more worried about going home to my daughter than any, than any, like, than any street code. Like, my daughter don't care nothing about the street code. She wants dad to come home. So what real love is, so the lie is there's this code of silence. There's this code of anti-accountability. But the truth in brotherly love is accountability is good for us. It's, it's good for you. Accountability is great for you. Because my brother always says this. If I'm my own judge and jury, then I'll let myself get away with a lot of stuff. But if I got people around me that point me to truth and hold me to a standard, and I embrace that, then all of a sudden it becomes more real. Like, like I got people in my life, and I hate it sometimes, like, uh, my mentor, he'll say, where are you reading at? And he don't want to hear the Bible. He wants to, like, where are you really reading at? And so I used to hate when he asked that because then it got real. Because I had to ask, like, man, I ain't been reading. And then he would hit me with another one. Well, why ain't you been reading? And I didn't really like that because I wanted to hear, like, Nick, man, I get it. I ain't been reading either. Like, that's what I wanted to hear. Like, Nick, I, I feel you. I know we're all busy. But 
my mentor and I had to embrace it. Nick, you're making excuses. Nick, you do have time to read. You just chosen everything else. So we're going to look at some verses tonight with the first one being Galatians 6, 1 through 2, so we can see what brotherly love really is. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so, so fulfill the law of Christ. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgressions, you who is spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. It's not, um, I'm holding you accountable um, because you deserve this. The goal in brotherly love is always restoration, right? It's not just I'm, uh, I'm spiting you. Hey, I'm out to get you. The goal is I'm holding you accountable so you can be restored, so, so you can return back to truth. Because, again, if, if you allow me to just go do what I want to do, uh, you see me at the bar and you don't say anything, then I re- like, do you really love me? Like, do you really love me if you allow me to go out and lose my family? Because I've thought about that. Like, man, in my past life before I was a Christian, I'm like, man, why didn't nobody say anything? They knew I was destroying my family. And it was the cool thing. Like, yeah, Nick, I got your back. But none of them ever was like, don't do it. And I know it's on me, but, you know, like, you are who you hang out with. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Like, I believe we should welcome accountability and truth. Like, take a look into my life. Take a, like, I even hated apps like Life360. It's like, why you want to track where I go? Like, well, because you've ended up at the wrong places before. Like, no, no secret. Like, and, but I used to hate that. Like, and I used to hate, like, uh, Nick, can I have your Facebook pa- for what? Like, but the truth is, like, if I didn't have anything to hide on my Facebook, if I didn't have anything to hide on where I'm going, that should be an open book. Like, my wife probably gets bored. Like, oh, he's at the church. Uh, he's, at, uh, he's at Rob's office. He's, like, it's just the same thing every day. So we should welcome that. We should embrace it, right? James 5.16 is our next verse we're going to look at. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So I love that. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. We was never designed to do life alone. I always say this. Isolation causes devastation. The enemy would love for you to be on an island by yourself. I'll take care of myself. I'll hold myself accountable. I'm not going to confess to anyone or anybody because then what we think, they'll use that against me. Like, that's what we, uh, the enemy would love. Like, just keep that a secret. Just keep it in. Just, you know, uh, man, it was just one time. It, it was, but, what, like, one thing I always think, like, A compromise now leads to a compromise later, right? If we don't confess it now, 
Then it becomes a skeleton and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. So the confessing your sin to one another is brotherly love. It's great for you. It's not telling on yourself. It's holding you to a standard. Like, it's good to have people in your life that you can be real and authentic with. And I'm not talking about, like, um, just go tell anybody that runs, like, hey, you heard what Nick did? I probably ain't going to tell you. But I have people in my life that I do tell the truth to. Like, you know, even in my marriage, like, there would be times me and John uh, have been arguing, and I'll meet with my uh, mentor that day, and she's like, what would you tell him? And I'm like, bitch, I'm confidential. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But really, though, like, that was a good outlet for me. Because in the moment of me and her arguing, the enemy would love, like, he, he, he would love just to creep in and for me to not say anything. Like, hey, Nick, how's your, great. How, how are you enjoying, Great. But because I have somebody to be real with and someone to point me to truth, then I can start moving into the right direction. So confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. You were not ever meant to do life alone. That's why programs are happening in community. That's why church is community. Like when you fall you don't keep it to yourself. You have a, a community around you to help you get back up. You have people around you that love you enough to say, hey, don't do that. Don't destroy your life. And look, I get it. Like, I've had people ask me to hold them accountable um, in the heat of the moment. Like, Nick, I love accountability. Hold me accountable. And then I did it, and then they didn't like it. And I'm like, but you told me to do this. And so this is one of them's in the back. But <laughs> that's what you ain't supposed to do. But, but really, though, I seen them laughing. So, like, in the heat of the moment, it was, and this is good for you, right? But a lot of the times what we do in the heat of the moment is we run the truth. But then when we don't feel that pressure, then we don't like truth. Because the heat's off of me. Because I don't need to be as serious. I don't need to be as accountable. I don't need you prying anymore. Can't you see that I'm doing kind of better? So I've had people like, hey, Nick, drug test me all the time. Once a week, anytime you call, I'll show up. And then I'll call, will you think I'm high? I don't know. You was high for a lot of years. <laughs> like, and the guy I'm talking about, like, I was like, hey, take a drug test. I'm going to get high right now, and it's your fault. <laughs> I'm like, what I do? <laughs> I, I did the program you signed up for. But really, though, like, we love accountability when it benefits us, but I think sometimes we forget. I think sometimes we forget just how much we need it. Like, I think sometimes we just bind to the lie, right? Just keep it a secret. It ain't that bad especially when you're doing better than you used to do. So I think a lot of times we buy into the lie, at least I'm not on meth today. At least I'm not on uh, cocaine or crack today or heroin today. I don't really need to tell them I drank five beers. 
I don't need to really tell them um, that. But again, a small cut leads to a big cut. If you lie about this, you'll lie about the next thing. Small compromises always leads to even bigger ones. Like, you got to have people you're honest with that you tell the truth to and tell the truth back to you. Like, and it hurts. Like, things people tell me sometimes, I don't like. Wish they didn't tell me it. But I have to face the truth. So the next verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. So accountability is to encourage one another and build one another up. It's good for you. Proverbs 27.17. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And when you think about iron sharpening iron, it's not a pretty process, right? Like sparks fly. We're, 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 we're hitting each other with truth. It's not just, hey, just do what you want to do. It'll all work out in the end. Like iron and sharpening iron is a painful thing. Like we're sharpening each other. We're holding each other accountable. We're loving each other. And I just think, you like, who's the iron in your life? Like, who do you have around you that's sharpening you? That's, like, when you, like, boys like to hang around boys. Like, boys like to hang around boys because they let each other get away with stuff. The very thing that your boys are letting you get away with may be the very thing that destroys you. Like, same with women, too, like. We got to love each other enough to point each other to real truth. Like, it's not about, man, me trying to protect your feelings. Are you trying to protect mine? Love me enough to point me to truth. If I miss church for three weeks, someone should be calling my phone. Like, and I know it's awkward. Like, hey, I really didn't want to bring it up, but I ain't seen you at church for three weeks. But true love will do that. Because guess what? We all have the tendency when we isolate to drift to our own little island where we're our own little judges. And it's not a bad thing when someone tells you they miss you at church. That's a great thing. You better have people in your life. Like certain things in my life, I'll tell you, I wouldn't be in church if I didn't have community. Because there are things that I've went through where I just wanted to give up on everything. Where I just, it would have been easier for me to walk away. But I have people that would point me, Nick, don't do it. Jesus is better. Cling to Jesus. Uh, love your wife through this season. And honestly, I'd be like, man, if you do, you don't even understand. Like, that's what we like to, you, if you went through what I went through, well, actually, I probably have. But like, that's what we like to say, right? So in church, there is no jail mentality. There is no bro code. Get around people that you can tell the truth to. Like, hey, I'm struggling. Like, hey, I want to give up. Like, a lot of times we are, we're experts at putting on church smiles. Um, I'm good. We're experts at I'm good. We're experts of, hey, I ain't going, I ain't every, especially guys, men. We think we can't never go through nothing. Like, we got to hold it all in. We got to be the tough ones. We can't never have, yeah, you can. 
You can have problems and you can tell people your problems and people can point you to truth. That don't make you weak. That actually makes you strong. Don't make you weak to say, man, I need you to pray for me. I don't even feel like praying for myself, but I need you to pray for me. Doesn't make you weak to say, man, uh, I've been wanting to do this. I've been thinking about do, doing this. What do you think? You know how many times I've been saved from myself because I asked someone else first? A lot. Because I think it's a bright idea. Like, hey, it ain't that bad. And I'll tell somebody, Nick, are you serious? <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, well, I thought it was a good idea. No, it ain't. I and mean, that's because, you know, like, again, I'm my worst co-signer. And the people that I had put around me at one point was my worst co-signers. They would allow me to do anything and to get away with anything. But when I found true love, real love, I didn't like it at first because it wasn't familiar. It, it wasn't normal. But what I realized later on was that was what real love looked like. It, it looked like they loved me enough to tell me what I didn't want to hear. That's hard, right? Because, again, I've been cussed out in my own house. I'm like, dang, that was bold. Like, <laughs> like plus I can fight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, I can't really fight either. I ain't no, like, I ain't that. <laughs> but uh, I'm like, but, like, I got way off. But embrace accountability, guys. Embrace love, true love. Embrace brotherly and sisterly love. That's actually why the book is your friend. Accountability is your friend. Community is your friend. It's not a bad thing. Like, I always tell people, even in FOS, oh, Nick, oh, my goodness, they gave me the book of James. Well, you're supposed to be in your Bible anyway, so it ain't that bad. Right? And I, like, even your parole officer, you know why we got one? Because we usually couldn't do it on our own, so we needed someone to give us some structure and accountability. So it's, hey, when, I, when I'm left to myself and left to my own device, I go mess up. So what the state did is place someone there to see that, hey, let's check on them so see if they ain't messing up. In the same way the church is here and community is here, because we are prone to mess up. We are prone to drop the ball. We are prone to sin. And that is why God designed us to do life with each other. He designed us to do life together. He designed us to have truth. He designed iron sharpening iron. So we're going to have Tamara um, come give her testimony. And if you don't know Tamara, she leads our kids ministry. And she does an awesome job at it. And the thing I love about uh, Tamara and her friends and Jay Lee and all them and my wife is they've been there for each other through the ups and the downs. And I remember there was, a, and I'm always the worst at sharing people's testimonies before them. But like, like I remember a season where Tamara wouldn't answer my wife's calls. <laughs> it was like, yeah, John is calling. Nope, not answering that one. 
But you know what she realized later on? She loved me. She didn't let me go out and just do what I wanted to do. She, she didn't just accept what I was doing. She didn't just co-sign what made me feel right in the moment. In the, and, and it hurt because they've been best friends. And, and, and Tamara will tell you her testimony, not me. But I'm telling you to evaluate your life tonight. Who are the five closest people to you? Do those people hold you accountable? Do they hold you to a standard? And if they don't, I would highly recommend in getting a new five. Give them permission. Look into my life. You know, like I got people that even look into my finances. Like I got people that, that look into my Bible reading. Like I got people that look into how I'm treating my wife. Like I got people that my wife like checks my phone. And not because she like, hey, I'm just trying to find some, but because that's good for me. I love that. Like, go through it. Open it up. There ain't nothing to hide. And help me fight. Help me fight. Like, help me fight the temptation that I know the devil's going to throw at me. And if I do start to hide my phone, if I do start to, hey, Life360, you ain't putting that up. It's, guess what? It's probably for a reason. We don't, we, we don't, like, a, we don't like those things. Red flag. Because they're good for us, right? Tamara, you can come share your testimony now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And while Tamara's walking up here, if any of you want to serve in kids' table, we are now taking volunteers. <laughs> okay, I wrote my testimony because I don't be freestyling stuff, so... Um, Nick asked me to do my testimony yesterday, and I'm not that type of person. Like, I need notice to be prepared to come up here in front of everybody, but John made me feel bad, so here I am. Um, <laughs> accountability, there you go, exactly. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, I'm Tamara Bostick, and I'm the Kids Table Coordinator at Matthew's Table. Um, we all have a past of some sort. Most of ours probably started out very similar. I used to love a good party. Being high or drunk certainly made that party even better. I met this boy named Rowdy about 12 years ago, and boy did my life certainly change when I met him. He came from a little different background than me, and we started partying and getting high together. Then God blessed, me with an blessed us with an amazing child about nine years ago. She was truly God sent, as I had lost a son during a previous pregnancy. So this pregnancy, I was worried the entire time. I finally went into labor on November 19th of 2012. I arrived at the hospital. Immediately, they hooked me up to monitor my contractions. They discovered the baby was in distress and her heart rate was dropping. They immediately rushed me for an emergency C-section. Before they could um, deliver her, she stopped breathing. They had to lifeline her to Louisville Hospital. Once I was released from the hospital, I immediately went to Louisville to be with my baby. As days went on, she was in the NICU, stable but not stable enough for me to hold her. I began having terrible pain in my stomach. I just assumed it was from surgery. Then it got to a point I could no longer handle the pain. I went to the ER in Louisville, and they immediately admitted me to the hospital for emergency surgery. I had contracted a flesh-eating infection from my C-section, one of the most severe infections that can kill you very quickly. As the doctors prepped me for surgery and let my family know, there was a chance I would not make it through this surgery. And if the infection had already started attacking my organs, there would be nothing that they could do. 
I was only 22 years old with a newborn fighting for her life as well. I don't know if you know about a mother's prayer, but my mama had been praying for my salvation for many years. And I lost my spot. Okay, the doctors um, informed my family that they would need to undergo yet, I would need to undergo yet another surgery. Again, the risk was high that I would not make it through this surgery, but they had to be sure that the infection was completely removed. After the second surgery, they said I needed to undergo one more surgery. After that third surgery, I came out on a ventilator because my body was exhausted from fighting. I was not able to breathe on my own. Since I had just had three, four total surgeries in the span of three weeks, including my C-section, Meanwhile, my daughter is still stable but fighting for her life as well. My family desperately praying for both of us to see this through. After a few days, I'm finally taking off the, taken off the ventilator, as is my daughter, who but God, that we could come off on the same day. After many weeks of recovery, me and my daughter came home. God truly blessed me and saved me with, and blessed me with my amazing daughter. I wish I could tell you at that point I surrendered and gave it all to God. But I didn't. I married Rowdy in 2013, and our marriage went through some very trying times with cheating and lying and honestly just toxic from both sides. But my mama was still praying for my salvation, and my best friend, Jonna, had recently given her life to Christ, and she was trying to point me to Christ and hold me accountable, and I was trying to avoid her like the plague. As we were still dabbling in drugs and living a very worldly life, especially on the weekends, our marriage was on the outs, and she kept telling me, surrender to God. Give it to God. It'll all be okay. And I was not trying to hear her. I was just ready to give up. Our life ended up being radically changed when Rowdy's friends loved him enough to send him on a weekend retreat called the Emmaus. He came home saying he was Rowdy for Jesus, and I was honestly confused but went with it. We started attending church and both ended up surrendering our lives to Christ and being baptized on November 1st of 2015. We have endured several storms in our marriage over these past years. Um, he struggled with relapsing and so many times I thought our marriage couldn't be saved. But I can stand here today and tell you who but God. My beautiful daughter is nine years old and we have been married nine years this year. I have been clean and sober for seven years. And I also have an amazing stepson that I was blessed with. God blessed me with more than I could ask for. Never stop praying for that one. Never stop loving and pointing those to Christ that you love. Through the answered prayers of my mama and my best friend, I can stand here today. I just love how God works. Uh, like when Tamara said, who but God. Um, when I met Tamara, I was straight out of jail, still in the streets, and living crazy, and she lived with Jonna. And um, like, man, to see what God did, Tamara was the reason why I got caught doing so much stuff, and she's told on me all the time. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> But uh, she was Jonna's good friend. But, like, who but God, 10 years later, like, um, I would be a pastor today and Tamara would be leading our kids' ministry. Like, when you think about that and what God can do, I want you to consider why do you think God couldn't do that for you too? Like, pray for your friends enough like, pray that God saves your friends. 
even to the point it gets annoying, like, like you got to come to church with me. you got to hear truth. Like, even when they reject it, even when they run from it, seven years later, like, Tamara runs Matthew's Table's kids' ministry. Like, who but God? So, so think about that. Like, your invite to church is important. Like, when you're inviting someone, that could change not only them, but their kids, future generations. It changes everything. So I'm just telling y'all, um, the word of the year is bold. Be bold and invite someone to church this Sunday. Like, we talked about that on Table Talk. Make that your priority to invite someone this Sunday because it might save their life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Tamara and what you've done in her life, her testimony. I thank you for your truth and your grace. I thank you for the people around us that hold us accountable, that point us to truth. I thank you for the iron that sharpens iron in our lives. If we don't have any, may you surround us with people that that do, that love us enough to hold us to a standard. I pray that when we tend to isolate, that people run towards us and not away from us, that people show us grace, but they love us and point us back to you. And I pray that if anyone doesn't know you, that they come to know you in a real way. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those who sow into this ministry. If you'd like to partner with us financially, text all one word, Matthew's Table, to 73256. That's Matthew's Table to 73256. It's because of you this ministry is possible. If you like what you've heard, click the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You never know what God can do through your one act of obedience. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless.